Today we will be discussing part one and part two up until page 70 of the Holton book. This covers the introduction and documents from the perspectives of African Americans during the revolution era. One key thing to note is how, how revolutionary this book is by having documents from African Americans. The issue with many documents during this era is that the majority were written by white men. So many of the documents about the lives of African Americans during this time were not from their perspective. Having a book full of documents straight from them opens the historian's eyes up to what their lives actually were like during this time and their experiences during the war. Hi, my name is Lindsay Niederkorn. And my name is Jennifer Knight, and we will be beginning Woody Holton's book, Black Americans in the Revolutionary Era, A Brief History with Documents. If you guys want to follow along, the exact documents we will be using are Peter Bestis on page 46, Phyllis Wheatley, page 50, Felix, page 43, John Trumbo on page 60, Jacob Francis, 63, and Jehu Grant on 68. Thank you. The first important topic we pulled from the first half of the book was how American colonists were very much hypocrites. Americans expressed their frustrations with Britain and compared themselves to slaves under their rule. Americans felt they were stripped of liberty and freedom. However, Americans held thousands of African Americans enslaved. This hypocrisy led to many African Americans to fight for their own freedom in the future. The introduction makes the point that African Americans began to expose the hypocrisy of the colonists in regards to freedom. For example, the colonists shouted liberty and claimed that Britain was enslaving them and restricting them of their British liberties. Yet colonists ignored the direct actions of enslaving people and preventing them from freedom and liberty. In the documents, many of the African American authors wrote about this hypocrisy. Holton stated in his intro, yet the revolution with its focus on liberty and natural rights did provide African Americans with a useful language with which expressed their long standing grievances. He also stated, enslaved Americans like Wheatley repeatedly pointed out the hypocrisy of those who inv invade against British attempts to impose political slavery upon free colonists while practicing actual slavery themselves. African Americans were able to build off Americans' hypocrisy to fight for their own freedom and liberty. In the letter to local representatives by Peter Bestis, he continued to expose the hypocrisy of whites and attempted to have the representatives see that all they want to be is free, just like the colonists want from Britain. He even made the point that the Spanish allowed those who were enslaved to have the opportunity to work for themselves and earn money so they can move to the coast of Africa. He writes to the assembly that men of the province, they had the, the natural right to equality and justice for their service. Phyllis Wheatley also discovered, discussed in one of her letters how absurd it was who were whites were protesting for liberty when they ignored it for black Americans. Phyllis writes how being brought to America exposed her to religion, the opportunity to write, yet she sees the hypocrisy in colonists fight for freedom when they are preventing it for others.
The second important topic we pulled from the text was the importance of religion, especially Christianity. Christianity was the main religion of this era, and both African Americans and few colonists used the Bible to support their belief that slavery was wrong. African Americans used the Bible to show that that God created everyone equal, and slavery went against the Christian faith. Another way African Americans attempted to have their voices heard and understood by the colonists was to use religion. Since the Great Awakening, there was an increase in African Americans who converted to Christianity. In an all-African American community in Maryland, they set up one of the first Methodist churches in 1766. Because religion was universal and the backbone of the colonist principles, many African Americans supported their argument for freedom by using the Christian text. In the petition to Governor, Council, and House of Representatives of Massachusetts, written by Felix, who is believed to be Felix Holbrook, he used religious arguments against slavery. He stated that many African Americans were good, honest, and religious. He writes how the condition of slavery in itself is so unfriendly to religion and every moral virtue except patience. He states that they all have the same belief, but the act of slavery goes against the belief that they all have a father in heaven and all, and all of them keep his commandments. The importance of using religion to argue against slavery is also shown in Phyllis Wheatley's letter to Ockham in which she connects the enslavement of America to that of the Israelites in Egypt. This biblical story of when the Israelites obtained their freedom and is celebrated amongst those who are religious However, they themselves are acting like the new Egypt for their treatment of African Americans. She uses this biblical story to shine a new perspective on what is happening in the colonies and making the connections. In her letter, she stated how well the cry for liberty and the reverse disposition for the exercise of oppressive power over others agree. I humbly think it does not require the penetration of a philosopher to determine. Wheelie, in a funny, subtle way, hints that someone does not have to be smart to know slavery is wrong and against religion. Lastly, the third important topic we pulled from the text was the role African-Americans played in the revolution. With history mainly being written by white men, African-Americans' participation in the war a lot of the time gets overlooked. Authors in the book, however, showed African-Americans fought alongside colonists and helped colonists win the war. During the revolutionary era, African-Americans played an important role in the war. African-Americans fought on both the British and Patriots' side. The British tried to persuade African-Americans to fight alongside them in exchange for their freedom. One example was Governor Dunmore, who published a proclamation that promised slaves their freedom if they made it to British lines. Many slaves took advantage of this opportunity, and about a 1,000 slaves served in his army. Britain's promise to free slaves helped convince many Southern Americans to push for African-Americans to be allowed to join the Patriots also promising their freedom. One on both sides, they were guides, spies, and soldiers. However, most of them performed unskilled labor. John Tumble, who served in the Continental Army, painted Patriot soldiers 
Even with racial tensions during the war, Tumble made no effort to cover up the fact that African Americans made major contributions. His work showed how African Americans played a major role during the Revolutionary War and fought alongside colonists. However, their service to the Patriots did not fully benefit them as they were promised. Many African Americans like Jacob Francis and Jehu Grant claimed that they had to continue to fight for their pensions for their service. Their fight back home for equality and freedom was still being fought. Those who helped the Patriots fought for what they were promised years after the war. In conclusion, Holt's collection of stories during the revolution gave readers an insight into African-Americans' roles during the war, how they fought against slavery using religion, and how African-Americans used colonists' own words for why they decided to leave Britain to fight for their own freedom. This reading brings up questions such as, how did the revolutionary era open a new door for change amongst the colonists for African Americans' freedoms and rights? How, were, how well were the promises kept after the war? And how did colonists defend the argument of hypocrisy of their actions of continuously enslaving people? Some other questions to reflect on are, did Britain follow up on their promises for African-Americans who fought with them after the war? How did these testimonies change the way all Americans viewed the experience of African-Americans in the Revolutionary War? And does it change the way you interpret this historical event? This book does a great job at showing the direct insight of the roles African-Americans played during the Revolutionary War and shows how Holton goes into detail in analyzing these primary sources.